Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan. So you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I want to help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode 134. Today, I get to introduce you to an internet friend turned real life friend, Jacqueline Johnson. She is a blogger turned entrepreneur turned young CEO, and she has built Create and Cultivate from a small side hustle all the way into one of the most impactful, inspiring events for women everywhere. Launched in 2012, Create and Cultivate is a unique event that has taken place in New York City. Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, LA, and more. And she has grown it into this must-attend conference where hundreds of thousands of women gather to find themselves entertained, enlightened, and inspired by a mix of speakers and workshops ranging from VCs to content creators to CEOs and celebrities. This conference has been called the ultimate conference for women everywhere. And Jacqueline has been named Forbes 30 under 30 for marketing and advertising. Amazing, right? What I love about Jacqueline is that she shares her story and really says some things that I've been waiting to hear on the show about how you have to invest in your dreams before anyone else is going to invest in you and how she chose to hire right away and what that hiring did in order to get her side hustle off the ground and turn it into a true company. Before we dive into the interview, I want to share the review of the week from Leah Ardwin. She says, worth your time. The few minutes of your day spent listening to Gold Digger are going to make lasting impressions on your business. The lessons and messages are going to stick with you and you'll find yourself with a new perspective of your industry. Thank you so much, Leah, for taking the time to leave a review. I seriously refresh these suckers every night because I love hearing from you guys. It gives this podcast world such a human experience and it makes such a difference in my life. So if you have a few extra minutes today. If you really love Jacqueline's interview or the show has helped inspire you, would you literally take two minutes, hop onto iTunes and leave us a review? It is a total game changer for us at Gold Digger Podcast and our team really wants to say thank you for doing that. But let's just dive on into the show first and you can get to all that good stuff later. You guys ready? You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. 
It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Yo, 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 it is Jenna here, and usually this is the point of the show where podcast hosts talk for a solid 5, 10, even 15 minutes about some product that you need to purchase or some coupon code, and maybe you're like me and you just fast forward through to get to the actual content. But fear not, you don't have to do that here. I dropped all of my sponsors in an attempt to get back to why I started this whole thing in the first place, which is to bring you the best free education twice a week. So today's show isn't brought to you by a paid sponsor. It's brought to you by my free Instagram guide, Captions That Convert. That's right. I made a totally free guide dissecting captions that don't just get likes and comments, but captions that actually convert your followers into clients. Because what good is that number under your name if it's not showing you results in your bank account? So grab this free resource and more at jkinsta.com. That's right. We all love free. So hop on over to JK Insta and up level your Instagram game in no time. Hey, Jacqueline, thanks so much for being on the show. I'm so excited to be here and chat. Oh, I'm so excited. I feel like we're already like longtime BFFs and we've been talking for a total of five minutes. Perfect. We're virtual BFFs. I love it. But I do feel like I read your content and I know you and then I get really weird in real life when I meet people <laughs> I know from Instagram. And I'm just like, hi, like giving Hello. you hugs as if we've been dear old friends. But well, I've, I've we'll met some it. of my best friends through the internet. So I have high hopes for us. <laughs> oh, we are in it to win it. So One thing I've just been so fascinated with you and what you've created and what you've cultivated. Hey, hey. (laughs) Um, But you have such an exciting journey. And what I love about you is just kind of the story of how all this came into fruition. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about your unique path and where you are today? Yes, absolutely. So I won't start all the way back, but I'll start (laughs) sort of when I first started my career journey. So I was living in New York City. I went to NYU. I was a magazine production major, which I felt like was super innovative at the time. And then immediately the year I graduated, they stopped that major and created a digital media major. So I had just missed the mark in terms of blogging and things like that. But I obviously, like a lot of girls, watched a lot of rom-coms and was like, I'm going to be a magazine editor. It's going to be very chic. This is my future. And then immediately was like, oh, wait, like being a magazine editor, you make like $4 a year. in New York City. And I have like student loans and like zero trust fund. So I cannot do this, which was devastating. Like, I mean, now I can laugh and talk about it. But at the time, you know, obviously, I thought, this is my path, this is what I'm going to do. And I was on the right track. I was interning at Condé and doing all the right things. And I just was so heartbroken that I couldn't take on the salary that was offered as an editorial assistant. Mm -hmm. And so luckily, one of my professors at NYU worked at Time Inc. and was like, there's this kind of weird paid internship. And granted, this is 2007, just to give everyone context, that's talking about digital media and the future of media and the internet. And it's six months and it's sort of like this weird crash course on the internet and digital media. Are you into it? And I had zero things going on. So I took (laughs) it. And it was 
honestly amazing. Like I learned so much about online content, you know, syndicated content, creating content, all these things that now feel like second nature to everyone. It was sort of like the beginning of social media and like how are we using Twitter and how are we using Facebook? And then I stumbled into this job at a company called Attention. And Attention now is one of the biggest sort of social media marketing agencies. At the time when I joined, it was two guys who were like, we're doing word of mouth marketing on the internet. And I was like, cool, no one knows what that means. But they had amazing clients. They had Blue Fly and Fair Gamo and Mac Cosmetics. And basically, they were like, we know nothing about fashion and beauty. I was like, that's my thing. And I ended up kind of being the first employee of this company and really was pioneering early social media marketing, which now is so antiquated and embarrassing. Like we were on forums commenting on stuff. Like, (laughs) but it was awesome. The ancient days. Literally the ancient days. And I remember when Twitter launched. I remember when Foursquare launched. Like I remember getting your username was such a big deal. And like, I just was, I stumbled into this social media world very early on. It was awesome because I had two bosses that were very open to me creating and figuring out kind of the wild, wild west of the internet. And at the same time, I was like, bummed. I wasn't like flexing my editorial muscle. So I started a blog. And I started this blog in the early, early days of the internet, there was literally like four other bloggers on the internet. We all (laughs) knew each other. Only one of them I think is still blogging. It's Jerry Hirsch and she's a dear friend. And it was like on the blog spot, old school. And I was like creating these collages of like things I liked and, you know, just being a 20 something girl in New York City. And it really is like a virtual diary. Like it's still on the internet. It's some notes on napkins.com, RIP. And I just was blogging. I was working at this company. I ended up getting poached by a bigger agency. I ended up going in-house at one of our clients. Eventually, I was making a lot of money for being so young. And I was like, by all aspects, like crushing it. And my parents literally were like, what are you doing? We don't understand what your job is. Why are you making so much money? And I was like, I don't know. I literally stumbled into social media. And I'm like this prodigy, which I wasn't at all. But at the time, I was like, I'm crushing it. And then cut to the recession hits. Everyone's getting laid off, including my boss at the company I worked for, who I loved and admired. And and basically, the CEO of the company I was working for was like, look, we're scaling way back. Like, we have this position in Los Angeles, same salary, same title. Like, do you want to do that? And it was weird, though, you know, obviously the way life works and, you know, my lease was ending, I was ending a relationship. I was like, you know, yeah, sure, I'll move to LA. So I got moved to LA to work at this company, a sister company to the brand I was already at. And then like within two months, I got laid off. So I was like, at my highest high, followed by like my lowest low. And I was devastated, not only because I had uprooted my entire life, moved to a city where I didn't know anyone. And then my whole like the career girl killing it persona was just like crushed. And I didn't know anyone like I just didn't know anyone professionally. At the time in LA, really, the only industry that was major was entertainment, which I had zero experience in, nor interest. And I just was floundering. I was, you know, I joke, but I was like, I literally was like day 30 in my pajamas, like eating pizza (laughs) by myself. Like, and I eventually sent that email that like everyone fear sending like, hi, that big leap. Remember I took didn't work out. So if anyone knows anyone, 
that needs freelance or need lead fund jobs. And I was really fortunate because so much came in from that, from a freelance perspective. And I was able to start getting clients and sort of work my way up financially back to where I wanted to be. And um, it really spiraled. I ended up realizing like I didn't want to apply for any jobs in LA because the job I wanted didn't exist. No one was really doing marketing and events catering to fashion, lifestyle, and beauty brands at the time. I saw a hole in the market. And by no means was I thinking, oh my God, I'm going to create, I'm going to fill this hole. I just was like, well, I'm just going to keep freelancing until maybe someone hires me in the house. And then on accident, really started an agency with a business partner called No Subject. It was my first company and started working with incredible clients ranging from Microsoft, Levi's, L'Oreal, Urban Decay, Makeup Forever, just awesome, cool people who were interested in influencer marketing events that were outside of the box. And so we really found this niche. I had that company for seven years. Within two years, I broke up with my business partner, which was devastating. And just for context, I was 23 when I started that company. Obviously, I had no idea what I was doing. The business partner breakup for me was a huge turning point in my life. It was obviously devastating professionally, but also personally. It also was a massive slap in the face in terms of, wow, this was a real company with real money and real employees. And I didn't have my shit together the way I should have. You know, So it was one of those lessons that's priceless even though it did come with a price tag. Um, but it really was a turning point for me. It was really hard to put the pieces back together after that happened in terms of the company, but I did somehow. And really with the help of fellow female entrepreneurs that were helping me along the way, supporting me, giving me advice. And it was awesome in retrospect, you know, being able to build that community after hitting rock bottom. And I just thought, there has to be more people that feel like this, you know, that have gone through stuff like this, that have questions like I had that, you know, didn't go to business school, you know, don't have a lawyer and really want to be able to build companies and do things, but don't necessarily, or one, maybe like embarrassed to ask the questions and Mm -hmm. two, maybe just don't have the resources. And, you know, I kind of just was like, we should all get together and talk about this, you know, because no one's talking, like everyone's just saying, "I, I got it. And we don't got it sometimes. And that's okay. And so the first Create and Cultivate was at the Ace Hotel in Palm Springs. It was 50 people. We did like DIYs and had panels and talks and stuff and didn't make any money off it. In fact, I like lost money on it for like the first three years because it wasn't a business. It was Mm -hmm. selfishly my way of connecting with other female entrepreneurs, basically my own therapy to make myself feel like I wasn't alone in the world. And it literally took on a life of its own. And for at least three years, I was doing both the agency and this. And then last year was able to sell my company, No Subject, the Marketing and Events Agency, and focus on creating Cultivate full time and really just building that company now. And it's breakneck. It's crazy. It's been such an adventure. It's growing so fast. (laughs) I joke, but I'm like, my first business, it was like me banging down everyone's door, like, hire me, hire me, hire me. And then like this Crane Cultivate has been the complete opposite experience where people are like, we want to work with you. I want to speak. Like, I want to do stuff. I was like, it feels not real. Like, it, it's just mm-hmm. such an opposite experience that I'm honestly not used to. And, I, and I'm, it's just so awesome to have a reaction to something that you've built that people just immediately resonate with it. And I'm almost embarrassed that it took me so long to take it so seriously because mm-hmm. I just 
didn't know, you know, that people would have such an amazing reaction to it. Like literally people were like, stop doing that. Start doing this. This is your thing. Like you need to like really focus your energy on that. But it's hard to do that when you have a successful business, but also something you know how to do. Create and cultivate was made up. Like I made it up, you know, like I have no background in conferences. I have no background in like terms of, you know, programming events and, you know, I just, I literally made it up. So I was like, but why would I step away from something I know how to do to do something that I like completely made up? And it's been the best decision I ever made. I think sometimes too, like when you're passionate about something and it doesn't feel like work, you're like, this is too easy. Like, when is it going to get hard? Or like, what is the catch 22 with this? Because it doesn't seem like I should actually be able to do this and call it a job. 100%. And that's so true. Like it it doesn't, I mean, it's such hard work and it's so much fun and it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like something you should get paid to do. It's weird. (laughs) And I think also because we it wasn't necessarily a business for so long. It was hard to all of a sudden think of it as a business, even though it was like really like people were coming out of the woodworks wanting to be a part of it. So it sometimes it's just like a mental thing, you know, mm-hmm. just you have to kind of flip that switch in your brain and say, hey, like, you know, this is something that, you know, I always say, you know, now in retrospect to take your creativity seriously, because these jobs illustration and art and like, you know, all these things people are like, Oh, that's so cute. It's like, no, that's like, that's (laughs) business. Like that's a business. Right. Um, And I think it's like that mentality has to change. Absolutely. So who did you create, create and cultivate for? And why did you choose this demographic specifically? Yeah, honestly, I don't think I chose anything like they sort of chose me, (laughs) which, which is amazing. And it's honestly like, you know, I think people, at first, we're like, wait, I don't consider myself an entrepreneur. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait, but do you have what are you working on? They're like, well, I have this blog, I'm trying to make this blog a thing, or I have an e commerce site. I'm like, you're an entrepreneur. Like, and I think women had a really hard time calling themselves entrepreneurs, which was really an interesting thing. Cause at first, we were saying, Crane Cultivates for female entrepreneurs. And it was so hard for people to be like, well, I'm not making a million dollars. So I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm like, no, entrepreneur is a mindset. You know, it's not, it doesn't mean you have, you're making money. It doesn't mean you even have a business. You don't even have to have anything figured out. So we changed that language. So it was more approachable, but you know, it's for women who want to create and cultivate the career of their dreams. And whether that's an entrepreneurial venture, whether that's being more creative in your corporate career, whether it's I'm 45, woke up and want to do something completely different with my life. Like we are here for you to help build the career of your dreams because now you can do that. You know, it doesn't have to be 20 years at the same job to work your way up the ladder, like screw the ladder, like Mm -hmm. we're doing it ourselves. And that's something that we want to be able to communicate to someone who's 22 and someone who's 35. And I think the message doesn't change. You know, Mm -hmm. I think it's all about the mentality of other women helping women. And how do we get you the tools and information you need? And like, For me, it really is about all the things I wish someone told me when I was 23, you know, and I, and I don't think, you know, I moved to New York city, not knowing a single person. And I was shocked to find out that hard work and talent actually don't get you that far. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's nepotism and connections and money. And I was so heartbroken to find out like, oh, wait, I don't have any of those inroads and I somehow did it myself and I was able to network with the right people and figure out my life as like a broke 20 year old in New York. But 
I didn't know that, you know, because my parents were of the generation that were like hard work and like, that's the American dream. And it's kind of like, no, the new American dream is here and it's a little different. And so any advice I can give about my journey and the mistakes I made to help other women be more successful is like a home run for me. I love that. And I think that the people that I look up to the most, I think the true game changers, those are the people that are putting out the stuff that they wish they had, like the resources, the knowledge, the know-how, just even the encouragement that was lacking when you were paving your own way. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, the generation of women before us literally had to go through so much Mm -hmm. to even just get a seat at the table. Like, you know, we think it's bad for us. Imagine what it was for them. And so their first priority wasn't like, let me help the women below me. It was, oh my God, (laughs) I just got here. I just literally went through hell. So now I think we're in the position where we can be that resource and obviously provide that information. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, the world is a crazy place right now. And it's nice to see women supporting women. And I think that's from a place of power dynamics where women are finally at the top and finally able to come forward and finally able to be taken seriously across so many different areas. I love that. So one of the things that I just love hearing about and love, you know, understanding the transition is what is the difference of create and cultivate from when it was just a side hustle to what it is today? What did that transition look like? Because I think so many people have these dreams and these goals and, you know, they're working that nine to five and then burning the candle on both ends. And so I feel like connecting the dots on that can be so powerful to the side hustlers out there. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, like I said, CNC for many years didn't make any money. And if it did, it was very minimal and oftentimes lost money. So I was thinking of it more as a way to connect with awesome women, potentially a new business and marketing tool for my existing business, et cetera, et cetera. When brands started coming into the mix, being more interested in the conference, interested in spending money with us, things of that nature, it's really like one of those things where it completely changed the way Mm -hmm. I thought about it. And it was really difficult because it was like, I had to think about it in a whole new light. And like, how does it make money? And mm-hmm. what we did was I, I have a business partner in Create and Cultivate. So I found a partner that was complementary in terms of skill set and what we wanted to do and had a different, was very different than what I did. And we put money into the company. So I put $50,000 of my own money into the company. They put money into the company as well. And we were like, here we go. And mm-hmm. it was funny because at the time, everyone was like, oh my God, raise money, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I have never raised money. I had zero desire to take other people's money. It's freaked me out. And when someone was like, put your own money into it, it just didn't even think about it. It was like, in my head, I was always like, I work so hard for this money. I'm not going to like, you know, spend this money in a way. But if you don't believe in what you're doing enough to put your own money behind it, then you shouldn't be doing it. And putting that money into the company was basically to bring employees on. So, cause it was one of those things that I was like, I can't do this on my own. And if I want to do this and take it seriously, like I have to bring on the staff to do that. 
So we brought on, I think, three employees right away. And I think like for entrepreneurs, bringing on employees is like very stressful, right? Mm -hmm. Especially when you think about salaries, like you're like $35,000 a year, $50,000 a year. And you're like, oh, what's the (laughs) break song? That's so much money. But you really have to think about things in months and what that breaks down month over month in terms of what you're bringing in versus what your output is. Because I, in my head, was always like, there's no way we can afford that. But you really have to think about it in that terms of that monthly profit and loss. And putting money into the company is what completely game changed it. We were able to bring on sponsors. We were able to build out bigger events. I was able to bring on an actual events team to help produce the event. And just bringing that institutional knowledge from people and experts and like coming up with this stuff together was amazing. You know, we were able to be like, okay, what would you want when you walk into a conference? Okay, we have to get credentials. Let's figure out how credentials work. Okay, let's figure out how speakers work. Do we need speakers to sign contracts? Like, okay, maybe we do. Maybe we need them to show up. Like, okay, how do we think about lunch? How do we feed 500 people? Like, (laughs) all of these things were things we literally troubleshooted for the first year and we're probably pretty terrible at. And it was a fascinating lesson and terrifying because obviously I was out $50,000 if this didn't work. So it's interesting. I started my first company with $0. Like it was all service business. It was like intangible work and built it from there. Crank Cold Day was a little different because it needed that capital to kickstart it as a business. So it's really interesting because I think as soon as I flip my lens on, oh, this is a side hustle. This is a fun thing to This is a company. How do I take it to the next level? And really putting money behind it was what transitioned that from side hustle to business. And that being said, I didn't like quit my job and go do this. I did that for three years before I left, you know? So people are like, when's the right time to leave? It's like, I don't really know because I I don't think anybody knows. (laughs) No one knows. And for me, it was, I didn't want to leave this company that I built for seven years. I had employees for years. I had clients that I loved. And like, I had a brand name that people loved and knew. And, and it was like one of those things where it was like, okay, like that has like set sail essentially. And like now Mm -hmm. is the new thing. And yeah, there's no rhyme or reason, I think, to like when to know, except for when it's banging down your door and you have to just do it you know? Mm-hmm. I think too, you know, what you said about like investing in it. I think that so often people undervalue their time and overvalue their money. Yes. And I think that that is one of the biggest things that holds people back because they're clutching so tight to every dollar and yet they're spending every single hour doing tasks and things that maybe they aren't serving their business or their life in the best way. So what were your first three hires out of curiosity and would you change any of them if you could today? Yeah, no, I wouldn't change any of them. And I love that what you just said. And I also someone said this to me the other day, staff your weakness. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's, I mean, personally, and professionally, that makes so much sense. Like, don't try to do something you're not good at. Yeah. But for our first hires were an editorial director who she's still our editorial director today, Ari. And that was really important to me because I knew content was king. And Mm -hmm. in order to differentiate ourselves from the other conferences out there, I was like, Every conference I looked at, once the conference was over, they just went silent. And it was like, see you next year or, you know, whatever. And I was like, why? Like, there's so much juice from a conference that you get out of it. Like, you should be creating content. Mm -hmm. 
24 seven. And I was like, also like, CNC is a 365 day conversation. Like it doesn't just end like, well, you figured it out. Like, no, we're still figuring it out. So bringing on her was amazing and super important. And obviously she's, you know, obviously grown the brand and been alongside me. We also brought on a senior event producer, which was obviously crucial. You know, we were a production team of two when we started and it's a (laughs) 400 plus person event at that time. And there were so many mistakes we made and we were just figuring it out. And she was amazing and was such a great hire. And then we also brought on a social media manager because obviously, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all these things. And I can't stress this enough. I think when it comes to social media, for whatever reason, people tend to hire more junior level staff because mm-hmm. they're like, Instagram, anyone can do that. Let's just you know figure it out and like bring someone on and they can learn along the way. And I've always made a point to hire more senior people for social media roles because social media is crucial to our business. So why would I bring in someone who doesn't have expertise or like at least experience in managing huge corporate Instagram accounts, creating content on the fly, who has a great, strong voice. And so that was a really important hire for us too. And, you know, we grew our, you know, we're not massive on Instagram. We don't have millions of followers, but I'm very proud of the fact that we grew our community in the past two and a half years to nearly 200,000 people. I mean, mm-hmm. we've never done paid like sponsorships to try and grow our Instagram. You know, we've never really like done any of the like hashtag tactics. Like we've literally just been doing our own stuff. And it's worked, you know, and we've built a community of women that are incredible and keep us honest and give us feedback and we love them. And, you know, obviously a lot of our, what we do on Instagram is we try to regram other women to get them support and followers and things like that, which is obviously part of our mission. Let's be honest, we all have this love-hate relationship with Instagram. We find ourselves scrolling, we're hashtagging our way into oblivion, trying to crack the code on how to get more followers, and we're straight up exhausted from the rat race. I get it. That is why I want to help you. This show is made possible with the help of my totally free Insta resources to help you write captions that convert, to use hashtags that actually connect you to your dream clients, and so much more. Hop on over to jkinsta.com and get your hands on my resources created with you in mind. That's right. It's free 99 and it is waiting for you over at jkinsta.com. Go dig on in and I'll see you over on the gram. I love that. So you, my dear, have been named like Forbes 30 under 30. You've been doing a lot. So what does your role look like in your business today? Because I feel like out of all the people I've interviewed, I feel like you are sure of where your strengths lie and that you have hired in the right position. So what is your superpower and what does your role look like? <laughs> I. It's so funny because I always joke like, my title's CEO. And I think people Mm -hmm. think of CEOs and they think of like, you know, the Kendra Scotts, the Rebecca Minkoffs, you know, and it's so funny because I've met those women and it's like, I'm like, I always joke. I'm like, no, I'm like the basement CEO. (laughs) I'm like the, because it's, I think like, obviously I'm a CEO, I'm a founder. And there's been a lot of 
sexiness around that title. But I am the most hands on person in my business. I mean, ask my staff, they're like, you're a little too hands on. (laughs) I care so much. I can't not care. I can't not be that person. Like, I always like I'll see CEOs show up to events they're doing like right when it starts. And I'm like, what is that like? (laughs) Because I want to be there two hours in advance. I'm like scrubbing the floor. I'm like, why is this shiny? What's happening here? Why is the garbage? Like, I just care too much. And I think that's a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. and it's probably why, you know, we've been able to, you know, have the success we've had. Cause like, I care too much. My team cares so much, like mm-hmm. we're a mission driven business. So if we're not making sure everyone's happy with their experience, getting the most out of it, like I'm not doing my job. So my day to day is everything from overseeing production, creative, the look and feel of the conferences, working closely with our graphic designer on that. I'm also like vetting P&Ls and looking at profit forecasts and trying to figure out when we can hire and scale and grow a company. And then I'm also, you know, with the content team, like talking about what's on our mind, what do we want to write about? How are we approaching the subject? You know, so I am fortunate enough to have a great senior team that manages their different verticals. But you know, I'm sort of like overseeing all the different aspects and angles. And it's awesome. I definitely have my hands in everything, but I wouldn't want it any other way. And, you know, I think my superpower is resiliency. You know, I've literally been told no, I've had horrible experiences. I've been like, you know, as a lot of business owners do, you've been not paid by people, you've been told no, you've been, you know, dealt with ageism, sexism, you know, whatever it might be. And I just don't give up. I'm just like, I'm still here. I'm still kicking. I'm going to keep going. And I think anyone who knows me would say I'm probably the hardest working person they know. I mean, I clock 100 hour weeks all the time. And I don't mind it. You know, mm-hmm. I love it. Like I would never say, I think as soon as it's not fun, it's like, it's not working. You know, I think yeah. I love every minute of every aspect of my job, even the stuff that's like not sexy or fun or glamorous. So th- my day to day is crazy. You know, it's figuring out what's next. It's how can we serve our community better? How can we be more of a resource? How can we be more valuable? We're launching next year and I'm so excited about it because it's been something I've want to work. I've been wanting to work on for so long, a grant program and a scholarship program mm-hmm. for female entrepreneurs and business owners to attend to create and cultivate share their career journey with us throughout the year, and then obviously have a grant program to help build their businesses. So stuff like that, that I've just been working on forever, seeing that come to fruition is just so satisfying to me. You know, I wouldn't want it any other way. I love that. So curiosity has gotten me. What is something that you've learned in terms of working with celebrities and influencers? What is the best piece of advice for approaching those relationships or collaborations? Yeah, the world has changed so much in terms of influencers and and tastemakers since Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, in the midst of it. But I think follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up is like the best advice I have. You know, I joke. So Garance Dure is now a friend of mine, has worked with us several times. She was our keynote speaker at our Chicago conference. And I literally emailed hello at Garance. Like, (laughs) just hello. I followed you. I love you. We have no money. Can Can you come speak? You know, no response. And I follow up. I follow up like a crazy person with everyone. And to the point where my team's like, uh, like, I feel like this is too much. And then that one email back, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. This slipped my inbox. Yes. And I'm like, see, no, because as a busy person who gets a lot of emails, I'll see something and be like, Oh, that, that sounds awesome. And 
all of a sudden I'll get a phone call or a text and it kind of dropped the ball on it. Mm-hmm. That follow-up is so important. And so I think it's definitely important to follow up on, you know, emails to important people or influential people. And then also to like, keep it short and specific. So obviously, you know, these people don't have a lot of time. So whatever your ask is, just be short and specific. So if you're like, look, I'm a small uh, business owner. I love XYZ specific thing about you or your blog or your platform. You know, I want to send you one of my scarves. I think you'll love it. If you want to give me a tag, that would be awesome. If not, enjoy the scarf, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Just being like that quick and easy thing. I think you'd be surprised how responsive people can be. And I think it's it's just about the approach, right? And then it really is that landing that one big fish that will get you all the other fishes. I remember we had Jessica Alba speak at Create Cultivate LA and it was pure happenstance. I was talking to the Honest Company about getting involved and then they sent this email that I was like, LOL. They were like, what if Jessica spoke? <laughs> and I was like, uh, yep. um, Yes, I tried to play it very cool. I was like, I think we can work it out. Like, I think we'll be able to figure out if she can do it. And it was just like luck, right? And she was amazing and so gracious and we loved working with them. And it was like, hey, Jessica Alba's done this. And then it was like, oh, Nicole Rishi, I'll do that. You know, like Mm -hmm. you have to get that one big fish. And I think that's really important. I think that's what's been our success is, you know, we've been really lucky. And obviously just making sure whenever you're working with someone of that caliber that their experience is awesome with you. And I always joke that you have to be a pleasure to work with. And that's some of the best advice I've ever had is I want anyone I meet whether you're an attendee or a vendor or a sponsor or a celebrity, like I want you to have the best possible experience with me, my team and my brand. And that will spread like wildfire. Oh, I love that. And I think it's so true. I told my sister last night because we get so many interview requests and ones that we always commit to are ones that like say, you know, they've had some of my friends on their show or they've talked to this person. I'm like, well, if that person thinks it's worth their time, then I should probably do it too. And it is such a social proof experiment where it works because a lot of times we don't have time to research or to look in or to check the stats or whatever all that stuff is. And so I think that story is awesome. And I totally would not have played it cool. I would have been like, um, yep. Okay. <laughs> Jessica Alba. Sure. Um, yes, please. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. And even now when people say yes to us, I'm still like, ah, I get so giddy and excited. It's, I was such a dork when we introduced Issa Rae at Seattle. I was like, I'm so nervous to interview her. Let's welcome oh. Issa Rae. <laughs> like such a dork. But I think that's like part of like what, why people love creating cultivate is like, it doesn't feel like this is exclusive and this is how you become a super fabulous CEO. It's like, Hey, we're all still figuring it out. Like let's have a convo. And it feels very natural. And um, you know, like it just feels like your home and that's what we want to convey. So now that you guys have grown and kind of fallen into your best work and your favorite work, how are you keeping your ideas and your goals fresh? Like, do you have any magic tricks for staying inspired in the work that you're doing? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, someone once told me if you're not iterating, you're not doing it right. Formulas are deadly to your business. If you're like, this works now, let's just keep Mm -hmm. doing this for the next five years. I'm constantly tweaking the formula and trying to figure out what's next, what's exciting, what's what's an area we're missing out on? How are we growing this? And the beauty of Crane Cultivate is, like I said, there are no rules. Like I made this up. So it can literally be anything we want. And we have some exciting things happening next year that we're launching that are completely new that I'm really excited to share with everyone that go beyond the conference. Because 
Now we're doing smaller events throughout the US with different brand partners that we're able to do for free, which is really important to me. We obviously are expanding our content and what we're doing with our content and how we're creating more video content and getting more involved in that capacity. We're constantly trying to figure out what's next, what's next. And like, I have super high hopes. Like one day I'm like, I want there to be a create and cultivate office line of like accessories and, you know, things like that. Like the the sky's the limit and that might be three years off who knows, but Mm -hmm. I am just like, how can we do more? How can we be more innovative? How can we keep everyone surprised? And I think, you know, we've done a really good job of changing it up, making, you know, tweaks on the fly and trying to figure out the best way to operate as a business. And I think my brain just operates like that. So I think it's, you know, for us, there will never be a dull moment. I love it. We have talked so much about the history, but since this is the Goal Digger podcast, can you share a goal that you are hoping to achieve in the new year? Let's see. Goals. I think for me, like I said earlier, I'm super hands-on. I'm definitely excited with the structure of the company because we put into place and this is like very much shout out to our HR, Brian, he's amazing. <laughs> and you know, he basically showed me a funnel of the way our company was working. And it was me and then everyone underneath me. Mm-hmm. And he was like, so this is not good. <laughs> you need to have verticals and you need to have people reporting into those senior people. And then those people report into you. And like, basically was showing me the future of the company. And in my head, I was like, oh, duh. I've just always operated so linear. And now we're able to sort of fragment this, have people, you know, senior leadership owning their own verticals and them reporting into me. And so, you know, this is a newer function within the company and this is probably like six months in. And I'm just seeing that difference for me personally and like headspace wise has been amazing because I'm able to really focus on like the five-year plan, you know, things like that. So next year, I'm just so excited for that to keep marinating even more and growing the team even more you know, and getting to the place where, you know, it really feels like I don't necessarily have to be in the weeds so much, Mm -hmm. but I have this amazing infrastructure behind me. That's awesome. And I'm super excited for that. And we have some exciting things we're announcing that I've been secretly working on for the past (laughs) few months that you guys will hear about in February, but that was a huge accomplishment for me too, which obviously you'll get the 411 on all that. I'm so excited. It's just, it's so awesome to watch companies grow and to see women making a difference. And I think so often, you know, like you said, terms like CEO and all of that, you picture a man in a business suit. And I think that people like you are paving a way for others to change what that looks like. And I just think it's so exciting. And I think that it just helps people see their potential through your story and what you're doing. So last question would be is if anyone out there is side hustling and they're not quite sure if they can make a go of it or what it would look like to start their own business, do you have any pieces of advice for them? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like one piece of advice that I have to say is like no risk, no reward. Like you Mm -hmm. have to be able to take that leap and trust in yourself and get ready to fail. And that's okay. I started so many companies that you guys have never heard of, that you'll (laughs) never hear of, that are in a Google Drive graveyard somewhere. And like, that's okay. The first go doesn't mean it's the last go, you know? And I think that's so important to be able to just let go of the, like, let go of the outcome. Because Mm -hmm. the more attached you are to the outcome, the less you'll be able to just dive in. And I think I wish someone told me about that 
you know, early on, like I was so like, Oh my God, if I don't have the most successful company or I'm not the best or like this shuts down and you know, this doesn't work out or I lose that money. I was so attached to the outcome. And I think you can't be, you have Mm -hmm. to just go for it and trust in yourself and get ready to fail. And if you don't fail, that's a lovely surprise. (laughs) And you know, whatever it is, I think that's kind of the way to go about it. Oh, you are just a gem. Like, oh my God, to the brim with just you are. I like want to do this IRL with wine well, and cocktails well. and just <laughs> I'm ready. We're going to sit in beach chairs and do it. So, yes. where can everybody connect? Where can everybody find, yes. create, and cultivate? Follow you. Give us all the links all the handles, all the things. So Create and Cultivate, we're createcultivate.com. We're at Create Cultivate on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all those things. And I'm at Jacqueline R. Johnson on Instagram if you guys want to follow along. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I'm so excited to partner with you guys and just get to see you guys doing your favorite work firsthand and I'm just so thankful that you created and cultivated such an amazing community for so many women to be a part of. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's definitely an honor and a humbling journey to do it. And thank you so much for creating this awesome podcast and having such an inspirational Instagram feed. And we are such big fans of your work. Thank you, Jacqueline. There you have it. Oh my gosh, Jacqueline, what a dream she is. I feel like she is just filled with wisdom and intention. And I think what is so awesome is that she has done so many things in such a short amount of time, and yet everything has had such purpose. A few of my biggest takeaways from this show was when she talked about how she really had to put money down to make her business a real thing. And I think a lot of times we are so afraid to invest. We invest so much of our time, but we won't invest our money. And I think what is so incredible about her journey is that if she wouldn't have made those initial investments, Create and Cultivate would probably not be where it is today. Another thing I loved is that she still keeps her hands in. She is always being a part of the different operations and tasks and things that are happening so that as a CEO, she can really drive the ship. And I think so often, often we become so removed from that initial work that God has started and we grow and expand our team so that we don't have to be involved. But creating that consistency and maintaining that quality is so important, especially in the business that Jacqueline is in. And lastly, I just love her story about how you have to fail in order to succeed. And that true failure is if you don't learn from what you did. And so what I think is so incredible is that she has had some really high highs, but also some really low lows. And I think so many of us can relate as we transition from taking that side hustle in to a full-time business. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. I would love to hear any of your thoughts or feedback on this episode. I know it was so inspiring for me to hang out with Jacqueline, and I'm sure the same goes for you. If you want to tell us what your biggest takeaway was, hop on over to at Gold Digger Podcast. Let us know. We love hearing from you, and it is such a great way to say thank you to our guests for giving our time and talent to you. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more, the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.